Time again for the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined by BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer. The Talking Tide podcast available to you at our web host at Megaphone.com. Also, all the various apps, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you like to get them, we can get you taken care of. YouTube, Facebook, videos there, live streaming at both of those places right here on Talking Tide. We preview Alabama's game forthcoming against the LSU Tigers in this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Good to be back, by the way, after a week off. The team takes an idle week, and the Talking Tide podcast takes an idle week as well. So kind of back in the saddle here, quickly thanking our sponsors, Peter Brook, Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, and of course, DraftKings. And with that, we bring in the aforementioned Travis Ryer to break this game down. Quick reset, LSU 4-4 four and four on the year, 2-3 and three in the SEC, Alabama 7-1 and one overall, and 4-1 and one in league play. The kickoff will be 6 p.m. Central Time at Bryant-Denny Stadium and your network ESPN. Travis, not the same uh, excitement for this installment of this series that that Alabama fans and LSU fans are are used to, given uh, the calamity, if you will, that has kind of become of LSU's 2021 season. Yeah, pretty much ever since that national championship win in New Orleans over Clemson a year and a half ago or so, Chase, it's been a downward spiral for Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers, five and five last year, as you outlined, four and four this season, nine and nine in your 18 games after a perfect 15 and 0 season in this era of college football, power five college football will get you fired. And that's essentially what has happened with Ed Orgeron. And you're right. Um, Alabama, what? nearly a 30-point favorite in this game, and similar to last year's game in that it's a skeletal-type roster for the Tigers coming in. It is indeed, and I think you and I a few weeks back touched a little bit on on LSU when the news came down that Orgeron would not be coaching beyond this season. Uh, A lot of injuries for LSU for sure, and and some big-time talents at some key positions, some of the very best players, right? Uh, Miles Brennan comes to mind at quarterback. Of course, Derek Stingley Jr. doesn't look like he's going to play this year. He's been out for some time as well uh, with a foot injury. Kayshawn Boutte, the best wide receiver on the team, he's done, Travis. And so it's a kind of a mash unit down there. Uh, I I think, and I mentioned this a few weeks back, even at full strength, even absent all those injuries, I still don't think this LSU team is – is quite what we're used to, but nevertheless, uh, it, it's made a big difference for them to be down so many hands. It is, and you're right. And even just this week, Ed Orgeron has ruled out some additional guys for the game on Saturday. Sage Ryan, a true freshman defensive back who had been thrust into the role of the star defensive back here in recent weeks because of injuries and as you outlined, just at corner with Stingley and Eli Ricks undergoing season-ending shoulder surgery. That already put LSU down a couple of its top corners, but they've had uh, lingering issues with some other guys now. And Sage Ryan's not going to play on Saturday. 
that's going to force them to shuffle some things even more in all likelihood on the back end of that defense, the offensive line. You've had a little bit of a in and out situation at left tackle. Anthony Bradford had been the starter of late. O tells us last week that Bradford's out for the remainder of the season. So Cameron Wire is back in there as the blindside protector for Max Johnson. So it seems never ending at this point. You're left to wonder in some instances, is it truly season ending type injuries? Or do we just have guys who have basically said, I'm shutting it down for the year and not really interested in playing out the string here with either their NFL hopes, perhaps the transfer portal, as we saw with Miles Brennan here in the last couple of days, or, you know, it just isn't worth it at this point at 500 and to, to keep playing. What about Ed O canceling practice last week because they just didn't have the bodies. He was even yeah. planning, I believe on a scrimmage last Thursday that didn't go off either. Uh, that's, that's the kind of stuff you hear about at high schools, Travis, but, but not LSU. Unbelievable uh, that, that they, at least in Orgeron's opinion, couldn't even cobble together enough bodies to have a decent practice. And that has something to do with the heat that even Dan Mullen's feeling right now. Because if you're a Florida fan and you hear all this, um, since December, really the two wins that kept LSU fans hanging on at least somewhat we're over Florida and Dan Mullen. So Dan Mullen catching heat, residual heat, because this LSU team has absolutely been devastated by unavailability and or injuries. And so uh, this is an LSU team, by the way, went into the season when you want to just talk rosters, when everything was a good bit more whole than it is now, you could still put LSU's roster up there with the top two or three teams in the SEC. But man, that changed in a hurry. It seemed like that UCLA loss in the opener uh, just sent that team sort of in a sour position uh, that they haven't really recovered from fully. LSU's offense, 83rd in the FBS in yards per game at 382, 87th in the FBS and defensively in yards per game at 408. So uh, not even middling, really. Uh, with with uh, total yardage on offense or defense. I think the running back, Tyron Davis-Price, Travis, has to play a big game in this LSU game plan, a big role, I should say, in this LSU game plan. Get him going, get the chains moving, shorten the game a little bit, maybe get an early score, and try to try to keep things tight enough to where you can keep feeding the running back the ball uh, throughout the game to try to stay in there. If Alabama makes LSU one-dimensional right out of the gate, I think it gets pretty ugly. I think you're right. And, and Ty Davis-Price had a couple of games there against Kentucky and Florida where he rushed for over 400 yards combined in those two games. LSU went one and one, but in that 49-42 win over the Gators, he rushed for a school record 287 yards. So he has it in him. They like to run that sort of traditional counterplay with him. He physically resembles a back more along the lines of, say, a Trent Richardson from years gone by. Uh, but that's the where it'll start for the Alabama defense, no doubt, on Saturday night, specifically between the tackles taking care of business against Ty Davis-Price. Surprising to me, Travis, as I took a look at this LSU team this week, they lead – all of college football in fewest penalty yards per game at 31.6. 
not what you'd expect from an Ed Orgeron team and most definitely not what you'd expect from a lame duck Ed Orgeron team. Uh, but they've been able to hold things down in that department. Certainly a lot better than Alabama has. I guess if there's one good thing about returning your entire offensive line pretty much intact from a year ago is that really, since they played together, that should help you with pre-snap stuff that you typically run into uh, with offensive lines. You've had Max Johnson in that program at the quarterback position now for a couple of seasons. I would think that would help as well. You know, something that this team doesn't do defensively, though, that you would expect it to do, and understanding they've had those injuries at corner that we talked about, they don't get their hands on many passes defensively. You look at the interception numbers, passes defended for LSU. I know we have called the Tigers DBU in the past, uh, but with the injuries and, and some of the guys that have been thrust into some unexpected playing time scenarios, this hasn't been it, and really hasn't been it for the last couple of years. DBU's taking a gap year, as they call it. <laughs> they went the prep school route. Yeah, they're doing a post-grad. No doubt about it. Rough year. Uh, not not the secondary at all that, that LSU typically puts out there. Um, the spread, the Vegas man. We'll jump into that really quickly. You alluded to it earlier. Alabama – I believe a 28 and a half point favorite. I've seen it 29. I've seen it north of 29. Big fat number. Not the kind of number that that uh, you would think. So again, it, it seems high to me. And 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 you know, I've I, I I didn't think Alabama would cover against Tennessee, and they did. Uh, some of these spreads, I think that the Vegas man is putting on Alabama, Travis. Um, I think the tide is getting some residual respect with these spreads from the Vegas man out of the gate at the beginning of the week. Uh, and then maybe you see people uh, bet the number up or down a little bit, typically down, I think. Uh, if I had to play this, even though I expect Alabama to win this game handily, if I had to play this one, yeah, give me 28 plus a hook if, if, yeah. if you're going to do it. I would say the same thing. I felt the same way about Tennessee. And Tennessee was in that game in the fourth quarter and Alabama still covered yeah, still one by 28. So that's the, that's the caution you have to approach this Alabama team with. And, you know, we talked about it before. I think Vegas in a lot of instances has to get that number up there just to get money coming that way where Alabama is concerned um, to get the underdog, the plus 28 and a half money coming in. Because people love to bet on Alabama, and they have reason to. I think historically you look at it, especially in the last 10 or 12, 13 years, they've been pretty good about covering that number, good bread. Over under for this one, 66. That's a pretty fat number as well. What do you think there? I, I, I kind of tend to fall under on it. I go under a little bit. My prediction is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of Alabama, 42-17. Something like that. So that puts me a touchdown under that total. Uh, it puts me more in the corner of LSU in the 28 and a half like yourself. But proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. Because as we saw in Clemson, Florida State last Saturday, the man, good bread, is a late friend of ours once told us many, many times, loves the pain. He, he loves put a hurt. He, he loves hurting on people. He There's loves no it doubt. more than anything else, the man. 
And he's got an iron chin, too. You can beat him oh, down, and he just gets yeah. right back up. He's Tyson yeah. Fury. You know, yeah. he just... He's Rocky Balboa waving <laughs> Apollo Creed in before he hits him with 17 straight hooks to the body. You know, uh, Yeah. The ticket man, turning to that uh, conversation, Travis. Upper deck seats, the nosebleeds for this Alabama-LSU game in the $65 to $75 range on StubHub right now. That's actually just a little bit cheaper than Alabama-Tennessee tickets were, uh, which, again, I guess it speaks to the season LSU's had. Um, it speaks to and – it, and it speaks to what the expectations are. You know, maybe it speaks to cold weather. I don't know. People people love to watch these TV games now. Yeah, uh, it's supposed but, to be chilly Saturday night, a little chilly. 65 to 75 bucks. The prime seats, you want to sit in the lower bowl between the 40s. You're looking at anywhere from 400 to $600. That's up there in, in the rent. You know, those prime seats, Travis, they tend to hold their value yes. reg regardless of um, wins, losses, who's ranked what, stakes, you know, who can and that's win a the division. But those upper deck seats, Travis, th those go way up and down, you know. The full-time professional ticket man, he ain't worried about it. He doesn't deal in upper deck seats. Yeah. It's all about the premium seating right. for the for the full-time pro ticket man. That's what he – if it isn't lower bowl and if it's not zone or some of those uh, big-dollar scholarship sections, the ticket man, he doesn't care about – you know, y'all can sell those to each other on your little neighborhood <laughs> Facebook groups. You know, that's right. what – that's what those are for. He's looking to sell those zone tickets and really anything in the lower bowl. That's where he's got his focus these days. That's where he pays the bills. Yeah. There's, there's no question. Yeah. All right. We turn our attention to Alabama for a few minutes here on the Talking Tide podcast. The Twitter feed, by the way, Talking underscore Tide. Be sure to give us a follow there. You can get links to all our podcasts via that Twitter feed. I guess a little bit of news on Drew Sanders, Travis, this week. Uh, the Alabama linebacker looks like he will more than likely be ready to go. Sounds as though the medical staff is going to uh, give him a final check before giving him full clearance. But after several weeks uh, on the sideline where we've primarily seen Dallas Turner at that strong side linebacker spot in his stead, looks like Drew Sanders is ready to make it back. Undefeated with Drew Sanders on the field, right? This Alabama team. So right. Definitely looking forward to that. Alabama is from the defensive perspective. It will be interesting, though, with so much of the focus on Ty Davis-Price, even if Alabama comes out in its nickel package like it did against Tennessee, will it continue to operate with three defensive linemen and Will Anderson on the field? In recent years, we've seen both those outside linebackers out there with a couple of defensive linemen even on early downs, but it's big nickel lately has featured DJ Dale inside. And then one of these defensive ends opposite Will Anderson with another guy working inside as well. So the approach from Pete Golding in dealing with Ty Davis price first and foremost, Saturday night will be something to keep an eye on. You like having Drew Sanders back though, because uh, really, in any package, he can help you. If it's base, uh, he's going to help you with Will Anderson. If it's nickel, he can play that as well with Anderson. And then, of course, in the Dime Rabbits as well, not just as a pass rusher, but we've seen him do some good things in coverage as well.
you expect to see LSU take a good bit of deep shots in this game, given that we saw some blown coverages downfield against Tennessee? I would think so. You know, the problem, again, is in availability at the wide receiver position with Kayshawn Booty out. But, you know, Brian Thomas is a guy to keep your eye on. He's another one of these true freshmen that Alabama was very involved with in the recruiting process. I believe Devontae Smith for LSU is supposed to be able to go um, this week as well. So I think you still have to exploit those situations. I think one of the concerns you have if you're LSU is protecting Max Johnson because LSU has given up 15 sacks in five SEC games to date. So that comes out to about three per contest. And that goes back to the run game too. If they can effectively establish Ty Davis price, that's going to make it a lot easier for multiple reasons to be able to take some more of those shots. Offensively for the Crimson Tide, that'll be our last uh, little segment discussing this game. Uh, your thoughts on where this Alabama offense is as they left off uh, against the Vols. They, of course, picked up that Ida week. Um, I think pass protection is going to be key once again. And you know, we've talked about it coming out of the A&M game. The, 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 the book on Alabama for opposing DCs, I think, for the balance of the season is, is to get heat on them. And Alabama did a much, much better job handling the blitz against Tennessee than they did against Texas A&M. However, I, I think if you're LSU, you come right back after them and see if they can do it again instead of laying back. You don't have anything to lose, that's for sure. You don't have Ali Gay as one of your pass rushers this week, another guy that's out for LSU, but you do have B.J. Ojolari, a solid pass rusher at one edge, Mason Smith is a true freshman that is physically incredibly impressive. You're going to see him in that zero number out there Saturday night on that defensive front as well. So, yeah, I don't expect O to leave much in the in the bag this week. I mean, really, at this point, why would he? And that goes into perhaps some trickery at times from this LSU team, but I expect LSU to be – to be very aggressive and you've got a couple of inside linebackers and Damone Clark and also Micah Baskerville that have played a lot of football. You know, Clark leads the SEC and tackles with 108 games. He had 20 his last time out against Ole Miss. So there are some dudes still in that LSU front seven. When you look at this defense as a whole right now, easily the strengths for that group reside at the defensive line and linebacker levels. Love to see Ed O just go straight to the back of the playbook and pull out the flea flickers, the reverses, the double passes, the, the hook and ladders, whatever he can come up with. Why not at this point? I mean, you could make the point, you could make the case that even with the national championship game included from that season, it was the win in Tuscaloosa that was the crowning achievement of Ed Orgeron's career. I think you could make that argument. He certainly he celebrated. LSU <laughs> celebrated like it was. And by the way, I don't think that's something Alabama and some Alabama players in particular have forgotten all that much about. Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network rolls on. We're going to thank a couple of sponsors of the program right now. We're going to start by telling you, a little bit about North River Dental Associates. And Dr. Jack Smalley and his outstanding staff of dental hygienists take care of any kind of dentistry you need, cosmetic dentistry, 
pediatric dentistry, laser dentistry, endodontics, teeth whitening services, you name it. They're also doing Botox and Juvederm treatments over at North River Dental now. If you'd like to tighten up those facial features, the phone number over there, 752-3506. They're conveniently located right off of Watermelon Road. You make that quick right turn as you head toward Northport on McFarland, and they're at 1100 Fairfax Park. You can also make an appointment online at NorthRiverDentist.com. Going to have you in and out of there in less than an hour on a routine cleaning, and they can do so much more at North River Dental. You know, we had a listener of the podcast DM me the other day, Good Bread, was looking for dining suggestions, recommendations for the upcoming weekend with the LSU game. But he also said, you know what? I may have to get by and check out that uh, – what is it where all the birds and stuff are again? The, the terrarium. Terrarium. Yeah. Specifically yes. mentioned. He said, I may have to get by Dr. Jack's and check out that terrarium. So there you go. Yeah. You sit in that dentist chair at Dr. Jack's and he has got a little hummingbird or something, you know? It, it, depending on the time of year, it's remarkable what you see buzzing through there. I've seen chipmunks shuffling through there, I've seen all kinds of different colored birds. He's got the feeders. He keeps the soil rich. He keeps the plants green. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, teeth it, white. <laughs> it, it, it's like Alice in Wonderland or something. I've determined that the best months to get your teeth clean for that terrarium view is March and October, you know. The, 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 so I, I kind of timed up my twice annual visits for March and October uh, just, just for the wildlife. Yeah. Hey, Good Bread's not kidding around with that terrarium. Not at all. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolates here right there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Halloween, what a great run for Peterbrook Chocolates here. I know Heather and the staff sincerely thank everyone who made that happen. But now you're looking ahead to not only LSU Alabama, you got a big month of November of home games for the Alabama Crimson Tide. So, you definitely want to get by Peterbrook Chocolatier there in Tuscaloosa. Get your tailgate goodies, maybe pregame, postgame. Get by Peterbrook Chocolatier. And then, of course, get those Christmas orders in right now with Peterbrook at 205-752-0211. Your office orders, corporate orders. Maybe you need just stocking stuffers for those little ones. They can take great care of you there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Finally, going to tell you about our corporate sponsor, and that would be DraftKings. Hungry for a big win this week? The aforementioned Vegas man will take you on. Hey, all you got to do is download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. They're the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL game this week. If you win, you get $200 in free bets. You cannot beat that deal. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code right there. You see it if you're a YouTube subscriber. TPPN, that's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Bet just $5 on any NFL team. If you win, you can get $200 in free bets. This week on the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And Travis, we will close things out. With a quick, quick look around the Southeastern Conference upcoming, Auburn at Texas A&M, probably the game that excites me the most uh, on this, you know, when you look around the other games, uh, 
I think I like Auburn on the road, and and I'm wow. not big. I, I think I'm not – look, I'm not big on what I've seen from Auburn this season. I, I, I don't think Brian Harson is getting the most out of what he has in his first year down on the Plains. I do have a feeling they're going to pull it out of the hat in College Station, however. See, I'm on the other side of that. I think Brian Harson has done a really nice job. Now, I think you could make the argument Penn State, in retrospect, was a game that they could have won. Maybe they didn't quite get the job done there. But I think they're starting to play better and play their best going into the month of November. And I say that specifically with Bo Nix in mind. Coming off another strong performance last weekend and a win over Ole Miss. And I think I like Auburn, too. And if I do, it's because Nick's these last couple of road starts, has been really, really good. So there's a confidence level in Nick's going on the road at this point that wasn't there a year ago. I think you give offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Mike Bobo a lot of credit for that. But Texas A&M's playing well. You could say that this is for essentially the number three designation in the SEC this game on Saturday. But for Auburn, you win the game. You're keeping that Iron Bowl for all the chips in the SEC West alive. So Auburn's got a lot, even perhaps even more than A&M at stake in this game. Yeah, I'm picking Auburn on a gut feeling kind of, but Bo still scares me, right? <laughs> I mean, I watch him and he – you love what a gamer he is. Nobody wants right. it more. Um, but the accuracy is up and down. The mm -hmm. mechanics are up and down. His feet are a mess half the time. The decision-making sometimes is up and down. You put all that together, you got a guy that, generally speaking, you can't trust, especially in a place like Kyle Field. I just got a gut feeling Auburn's going to pull it off. I think if they lean on Tank, but the more they lean on Tank, the better off they are, I think, on the road. Yeah, I think. Auburn, a lot of times before this last month or so, wouldn't have liked to have gone into a game with the understanding, you know, there might be more on your quarterback than the other team's quarterback. And well, that's where this could come down to. Zach Calzada, you know, played great, obviously, against Alabama. He's been what they needed him to be for the most part. But if they need Zach Calzada to be more than just kind of a manager – and they're going to anticipate maybe another performance like he had against Alabama, that may not work out so well for the Aggies. Mississippi State will be on the road at Arkansas. Uh, we saw Arkansas this season kind of start hot and then fade a little bit. Mississippi State, though, coming off a pretty big win of its own. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, you know, Mississippi State, for whatever you think of Mike Leach, and I haven't always been an outspoken proponent of Mike Leach, He's got three wins right now over top 25 teams. That's the most in the SEC following the win last uh, last Saturday night over Kentucky. So, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I would have felt pretty strongly for Arkansas in this game, and especially with Arkansas coming off a of bye week after facing an FCS opponent, should be a rejuvenated, a re-energized Arkansas team. Um but, man, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, Mississippi State getting the job done once again, not just because Will Rogers played so well last week against Kentucky. He did. He played great. But I think the most consistent aspect of state football under Mike Leach has been that defense of Zach Arnett. So I think it may end up being the state defense that ends up helping MSU 
maintain the streak. Kentucky bounce back, get it done at home against Tennessee. I think I kind of like the Cats in that one. You know, I think I do too. Um, we've kind of celebrated the balls here in the last two or three weeks. They too are coming off the off off week. I like that for Tennessee. They definitely needed it at that point with the injuries uh, and just the grind in general with a roster that's pretty limited. Uh, but the bottom line is Tennessee didn't win those games that we sort of propped them up about. So uh, I tend to go with with Kentucky uh, in that game. I, I'm a little bit worried about Will Levis at the quarterback position for Kentucky. We saw last week more was put on him than they would like, and he threw three interceptions in the loss to Mississippi State. So I think that's the thing to keep an eye on. I think Hendon Hooker's capable of carrying that Tennessee offense if needed. I don't think that's the situation with Will Levis uh, in that Kentucky passing game. Head scratcher to me how how difficult it seems to be for both Kentucky and Mississippi State, and they they aren't the only two in the league. But that's two programs right there that seem to, you know, Dak Prescott an exception. But those two programs have seem to have a lot of trouble bringing in a big time quarterback. They do. Um, you know, Kentucky is. Kind of gone the transfer route uh, a couple of times now. Uh, Levis has been okay. And, and if you can keep him in sort of the right framework of offense and Christian Rodriguez and Cabasier Smoke are more the centerpieces, you know, they only had 16 combined carries between them last Saturday night in Starkville. That, that's not a winning formula for Kentucky. Uh, if Levis throws it a good bit more than Smoke and Rodriguez run it, it's probably not going to be a, a good result for for UK. So, yeah, I, I, with Mississippi State, I, what I think is, is happening more now is with time in the system, you're seeing Will Rogers start to flourish. Um, again, big game against Kentucky last week. We'll see if he can sustain it. It's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Thanks for reconvening with us after a week off looking forward to coming back at you this weekend when we break down Alabama's game against LSU until then for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television we'll talk to you this weekend on Talking Tide